0: Hello, everyone. And inside today's Locked On Canadians, we are feeling feisty after a loss to the Carolina Hurricanes and the Florida road trip of doom on the horizon. We're going to talk about that more coming up inside today's show. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 982 of Locked On Canadians. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app. Use promo code Locked On NHL to get a tw- uh, up to a hundred dollars match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers, terms of use for details. We are, of course, your daily Montreal Canadians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day of the week. I am your host. I am uh, Scott Mella, I am flying solo tonight. My co-host is unfortunately under the weather and it's probably for the best that I am currently going to handle this one myself just because, well, uh, we, we've got a lot to get into uh, in today's show here and I thought ah, we're going to be nice kind of level headed here back from break. Let's kind of see how things go. We're feeling pretty good coming out of this, coming out of the Christmas holiday. Uh, and then a very stupid game against the Carolina Hurricanes happened. We're going to get into the recap and why I am currently so frustrated with everything going on. Uh, then we do have a preview of the Florida Road Trip of Doom and why there's potential that this might be the year the Canadians can turn that around. And because, of course, it is World Junior season and what that means. It means fans are panicking. Is it time to panic about Lane Hudson and Owen Beckett World Juniors this year? All that's later on in the show, but let's get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. We talked yesterday, Lauren and myself, about how the Canadians are rolling into Carolina, a team that they haven't beaten uh, since Joe Hanley and Ryan Johnston were in this lineup, and that was 2017. That was six years ago, if I have the date right from that uh, tweet from Habdlinks on Twitter. and this game was not, started out not much different than most games against Carolina, where it is Carolina just wearing the Canadians down over and over and over again. I didn't think Caden Primo is at fault for this loss here. I think some of the breakdowns are uh, inexcusable from people who should know better uh, in some ways, but Canadians lose 5 3 in this one. They were down 2 0, got it back to 2 2. And then all of a sudden, it's 3-2. And then it's 3-3, 4-3, thanks to something. Get into that. And then it ends 5-3 with an empty net hat trick for Andre Svechnikov there. I look at the scoreline and I go, you know what? They fought hard. And they did play a lot better after the first period. And yes, Carolina played last night. And yes, they're playing a goalie with an eight fifty four save percentage. But this is a game that the Canadians usually throw away and never get back into at all. And I really liked a lot of what I saw from this team battling back in this game. It's frustrating because I think that they could have very easily gotten both points in this game. Won this game in regulation. It was there for the taking. Mitchell Stevens gets second goal in two games there. Really nice backhander off some good work by uh, Jesse Olin and deep in the offensive zone. Josh Anderson scores a breakaway goal in this one, which is wild. And the biggest thing is, and I'm not one of those people that likes to go, ah, well, more people should talk about this if it was this star player or this star player. But Mike Matheson took a pass in his skates, kicked it to himself in stride in the offensive zone, circles the net and tucks in a wraparound all at top speed. That was the second goal of this game. And it was, it is impressive. I can think of a handful of forwards who might be able to do that in the NHL, let alone defensemen. None of them play for the Montreal Canadians except for Mike Matheson. Apparently uh, his, his goal there was amazing. Does not make up for some of the, the mental the brain farts going on up in his head tonight there. Uh, his pairing with David Savard was a little rough around the edges at some point. And, When Matheson has an off game, the Canadians' defense has an off game because as he goes, so does this defense there. Scored a really nice goal, obviously to make up for it, and I thought he had some good shifts, but every now and then, just between the ears, bad things happen. Uh, And part of that also, Justin Barron continues to be just an anomaly in that one game he looks like a surefire bet. Uh, one of the goals, Jesper Fost was all alone in front of net, completely alone. Caden Gooley and Justin Barron are down deep. The Canadians forwards are up high. Carolina's playing 2-1-2. They have two guys down low, one guy in the middle, their defenseman up high there, and the Habs didn't know what to do. Behind the net, Barron is below the goal line. He passes it to Caden Gooley and then stays there, obviously potentially expecting a wraparound pass but he wasn't expecting the timing on it. Goes past him, ends up going right to the front of the net where somebody should be occupying space and nobody is. Jesper Fos could have stopped, set up a table, breaded and fried chicken, made Raising Cane sauce there and eaten it by the time somebody got there to cover him. And Caden Primo doesn't have a chance when you leave someone that wide open at the in the NHL level in front of you there. Uh, this breaks Caden Primo's, you know, streak on the road of uh of his road wins. I'm actually curious to see what it brought his uh, his goaltending stats down to. But I think across the board, I'm kinda I'm not super upset with how tonight's game went. Uh, they haven't counted his game here yet against Carolina, so he's still at a 9 02, but that's that's fine in and of itself. I'm not super disappointed in the team overall, for the most part. I bring Kovacevic in for Baron next game, and I'd tell Yola to get lost at this point. I don't see what he brings to the lineup, and it's his late penalty that put Carolina back on a power play that ended up being a problem, taking away some of that time for the Canadians to try and get back into this game. And it's because it doesn't look like he's skating at all. His line with Gallagher and Dvorak got stuck in the defensive zone. And when that happens, it is like watching uh, from the, uh, from the never ending story, watching that horse just die in the mud because you know, what's coming a penalty or a goal against there's no in between. And Armia took a penalty. It doesn't look like he's skating hard. A lot of the time. It doesn't look like the effort is there. And I don't care stick him in Laval if he wants to go home, let him go home. I'd rather someone who's hungry be in this lineup and playing and once Rafael Harvey Pinard is back I assuming that is going to be him. and if it's not, then I have a lot more questions to ask. Uh, I I'm, I'm over it. It, it. he's a vet not earning his spot in the lineup there and I know Emil Heineman just went back down to Laval and scored a goal tonight too which is you know great even in a loss there but I'm over it. I'm over the Yolarmia Armia thing. I don't want to do it anymore. The big problem I have with this game is that late in the game, Uri Slavkovsky's is in the offensive zone. He doesn't really have his head down. He's reaching just a bit for a puck who's there. And Stefan Nason steps up, chicken wing is out, drives up and into the head of Uri Slavkovsky. There's, I think, three and a half, four minutes left at this point in the game. He's someone on their top line. And they're looking for goals there. And he's been playing very well at generating chances and whatnot. Not only was there not a penalty, the officials didn't review and take a look at this at all. And Slavkovsky was pulled by trainers and the concussion spotters after that hit. Because he was down on the ice. And my thought is, what are we doing here? Even on the replay, it's very clear that there is an elbow coming up at some point in here. And it hits Slavkovsky in the head. And we're just not doing anything about it. And then just across the board in this game, incons- it's inconsistent again. And I tweeted about this after the wild game. I'm tired of having to talk about officials in games here. But when you're making an impact that, isn't, that is isn't tied to your job, you're not doing your job properly. I don't know what else I can say. I'm so sick of watching things happen. The AHL level wasn't great tonight, but at least they have an excuse. They're training refs and trying to learn and get them to the next level. The NHL is supposed to be the best. You had Jaden Struble in the first period get blatantly high-sticked six feet from a ref. You had another official confer with the linesman and they went, yeah, guess I didn't see anything. It must have been the wind. And I just... I can feel my brain just melting out of my ears watching this. It's crap. And I do, I don't mean the sport itself isn't. The sport itself is the most skillful and entertaining it's ever been. The officiating in the NHL is crap and it is ruining what should be a good product. And thankfully it seems like juryshev should be okay, but that's also Josh Anderson talking about his teammate there. So fingers crossed because coming up next for the Canadians is the Florida road trip of doom. They always do this at the end of at the end of december in the winter time and it is always a pretty bad time for the most part however i think this year might be a little bit different we're going to dive into why that might be coming up in our next segment but first today's show is sponsored by the folks at AG1 and it is the winter time you need all the nutrients you can get in the morning and sometimes you don't want to take a dozen different pills or supplements or anything like that That's why I take AG1 in the morning. I just take a scoop in my first glass of water and it gives me everything I need to get started on the day. It gives me a boost for my energy, immune system support with all those nasty things going around out there. And it makes it so much easier than trying to remember what pills or what supplements or vitamins I need to take on any given day. It's so, so, so simple. And if pro athletes can do this, they use it to take care of their bodies. You can do the same thing and help optimize your whole body health. And if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then you need to try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network for 75 high-quality ingredients that will give you the boost you need first thing in the morning. We are back here at Locked on Canadians. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can follow me at Scott Matla on Twitter. My co-host is at The Active Stick. She is just out for the day, not feeling well there uh, as, you know, the holiday season winds to an end here. For the Canadians, they are coming off this game in Carolina where close, but not quite. Not the end of the world for a team that is still in the midst of their rebuild and are trying to kind of get their feet settled in on everything. And they're getting closer and closer and closer. Up next is, is this team actually different? Because they play the Florida Panthers and Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Martin St. Louis has already said that Jake Allen and Samuel Montembeau will split the starts there. They play Florida on Saturday at 7 p.m. and they play the Lightning uh, Sunday at 7 p.m. And I believe, yeah, these are away games, so they are down in Florida there, obviously on the road trip. Then they go to Dallas on Tuesday, January 2nd, after the new year starts. I gotta say, I think the opportunity is there for the Canadians to potentially exercise some demons a little bit. And I'm looking at it. Florida's very good. Florida's 20, 12, and 2, 42 points on the season. Second in the Atlantic Division, four points behind Boston, two points ahead of tampa bay or uh toronto my apologies tampa bay is fourth with 39 points 17 14 and five probably the roughest they've looked in a while they did just get andre vasilevsky back six and four in their last 10 the canadians are in sixth 15 14 and five 35 points five three and two in their last 10 games eight five and three away from home not bad I don't know if Florida is going to be that game. The biggest thing with Florida, and it always comes down to this, is please don't be stupid. And I know that that's asking potentially a lot of, you know, the Montreal Canadiens here to not be stupid in a game against the Florida Panthers. But if you start letting it get out of control, they're going to bite you. The minute that Matthew Kachuk knows he can get under your skin, any of those guys out there. They're a dangerous team. Their power play is sitting 20th in the NHL, just barely ahead of the Canadians, which is, you know, not, not a feat worth, you know, talking about, but their penalty kill is eighth in the NHL, 83%. The Canadians is not. They are 29th. The biggest thing with all these Florida games is that when Florida gets on the power play, they just have something that absolutely tortures the Canadians every time. We saw it last year in that 9-5 game. Montreal can't stay out of the box. Florida scores. Montreal is the box. Florida scores. If this is going to be like the Carolina game, they can lose. That is fine. Can you keep composure? Can you keep pace with a team that has given you a lot of fits in the last couple seasons here? And this year's team seems to be a little bit more. I don't want to say, you know, even keeled, like they're okay with just taking penalties, but. You don't have Jack Eye in this game. He's still down in Laval, and he's probably going to be down there through this weekend as they work through a 3-3 and weekend as well. And keep the fuses low. You know Matthew Kachuk's going to be Matthew Kachuk, and we know that that's annoying and frustrating. What strikes me is that Tampa Bay is there for the taking, and now I acknowledge. Back-to-back game, very likely Jake Allen starting in that game, and we know that he is always... If he's, you know, he's always due at the start of that game where he has a real rough start where he lets in two or three softies or two softies. They battle back, but it's not enough because they were down, you know, a little bit. uh, They get down too much early on. But Tampa is a team that hasn't looked like the Tampa of old. Their power plays elite, which again, stay out of the box and you're going to be fine. If you can't do that, then you have a problem. If the Canadians can play disciplined even a little bit, they're going to be in so much better shape against this. Andre Vasilevsky hasn't quite returned to being God himself in net there. The opportunity is there for Montreal, like they have in some of these other series to, to rewrite what the, the rivalry looks like here. And I, it could very easily, I could be wrong. I could very easily be wrong. I'm wrong a lot on this podcast. I've been doing it for 980 plus episodes at this point. My thought is, is that this is a team that is defying what they were supposed to be this year. Terrible. Are they great? No. Are they not the worst team in the league? Yes. Can they take some of that and apply it to this upcoming rivalry here. The Dallas game, I'm going to chalk off because I've seen Dallas games go two ways. Uh, the Canadians somehow win a thrilling shootout or they get blown out. And I, I I don't know what to tell you on that one. Then they play Buffalo after that. Uh, back home in Montreal, and Buffalo is struggling big, 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 big time. The Canadians have managed to embarrass them twice this season in different ways. It's going to be a feisty game, but focusing on on that Florida road trip there, This is a season about rewriting the expectations. They did well in California, two out of three games, one in California, not a thing they often do good. Western Canada is up in the air. You know, they got to go back. They got to play the Oilers. They got to play the flames again. At some point played Vegas pretty well, even in a loss there out West, uh, Arizona was Arizona as it always is. Can they continue to kind of rewrite their story here? And I think that's the biggest thing for this Canadians team is if they can do it with pride. Can you be the team you need to be here? Uh, we 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 know that this is a Canadians team that has struggled with discipline and sometimes the officiating has not helped. If Slefkovsky's back, I think he's going to be fired up after that Carolina game. Again, he's creating chances, doing things. Andrew Berkshire pointed out he's found a move that he knows works for him and he likes, so he continues to go to it. He cuts through the middle there. I'm excited to see what he can do going into this rivalry series with that with a new chip on his shoulder here. And as the team continues to get healthier, uh, we shouldn't be too far off from uh, Rafael Harvey-Pinard being back, I believe. I know Alex Newhook is still uh, a month or two away from that, but I'm hoping they can rewrite this. Play with that pride there. I want to see if this is... If the Canadians from 2023, where they've been feisty, not always great, but they've been in most of the games they've played. They haven't rolled over and died. will take this loss to Carolina as a learning point and then turn that switch on and against Florida and against um, Tampa Bay there. Two teams who have bullied them, given them fits, and are for some of the habs on this team here, uh, Caulfield, Suzuki, uh, Josh Anderson, Brendan Gallagher, Jake Allen, uh, no, David Savard wasn't on that team, but some of these other guys who were on that team went to the cup final. Tampa Bay is the team that stopped you from getting Carey Price and Shea Weber a cup. That's got to mean a little bit of something to you. And we've seen it in other years where they've come out and they've played Tampa tough and then Tampa's skill just wins out. Let's see if they bring that. We're not going to let them beat us on skill alone. They got to outwork us. They got to do everything. I want to see them I want to see the fans of these other two teams being like wow we were probably lucky to get out of there with at least a point or two points if that you know I'm very interested to see what Canadians team shows up on Saturday against Florida there and it's going to be ugly it's probably going to be very stupid and I personally for the first time in a while can't wait uh what I can wait for is the World Junior Panic we're on day 3 4 of the tournament 3 of the tournament this week. And yes, the panic is setting in we're going to talk about the Habs prospects and more coming up next. But first, as I said, off the top of the show, we are brought to you by sleeper today. It's almost the halfway point of the season Habs fan. And we, like I've talked about the Habs are slightly overperforming, but are exactly where we want them to be. We are so close to seeing, I think, a Uri Slavkovsky breakout and Cole Coffee was starting to pile up the points with that. And regardless of where we are in the current standings, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of Lockdown on NHL Network. Sleeper's our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you gotta do is pick, you know. A handful of players to do more or less than their sleeper projections. Is McDavid going to stay red hot? Is Ovechkin finally going to heat up? Is Nathan McKinnon going to continue to make the Senators cry? All you have to do is beat the sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, or more in any given game. And to win 100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. That's it, 100 times your money for playing daily fantasy hockey with sleepers. So start paying attention and nail those picks. All you got to do is use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL, and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Some terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNNHL. Make sure you see Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. We're going into our final segment here, and this is one that I I dread doing every year because I don't like telling people how to feel, but I also kind of want to put things into a contrast for a lot of folks. We are on day three of the World Juniors tournament. By the time you're listening to this, it'll be day four. The the U.S. and Canada have played one dominant game each and one kind of so-so game each. Uh, Canada against Finland didn't look good. Obviously played really well uh, the next day. And, you know, the U.S. struggle against Norway came out and blew out the Swiss. The number one thing I'm seeing right now is is Lane Hudson and, you know, Owen Beck. Their numbers aren't great. Are we worried about that? We should be panicking. Why aren't they dominating? You know, Owen Beck's the only returning member of Team Canada. Lane Hudson's back again, and he's setting all these records in college. He has the same amount of assists as Jacob Fowler, who is a goalie, which won Jacob Fowler, got his first World Juniors win on Thursday, which congratulations, Jacob. Many, many more ahead for you, my friend. The I look at this, and I, I just... I we do this every year. World Juniors is not a be all end all for prospects. It is a I don't even want to call it like a, a a depth test or something in there. I can't think of the name off the top of my head because it is late and I apologize for that. It it is it's just a small sample size. It is a week-and-a-half to two-week sample size for players where they're playing with mostly new teammates in a potentially new system in a best-on-best best tournament. This is not what you're seeing every week, week in, week out in whatever league they are in. And Lauren Kelly of Elite Prospects tweeted something earlier. Owen Beck only has, I believe, I don't think he has any points at this tournament so far. Since he left Peterborough, Peterborough is 4-12 and and have given up nine goals in the game twice. If that doesn't tell you the role that he was playing there and how much he's bolstering that team, and you're only looking at his Team Canada points where he's playing on a stacked team and is mainly being their defensive center, I don't know what to tell you on that. Lane Hudson doesn't have a ton of points, but the U.S. put up a ton of goals thing. You know why? He's probably not playing as many minutes because there are other defensemen on the team who are very good and had great games. Uh, including Zeev Boom, who was phenomenal against, In yes, I know it's Switzerland. Yes, I know that, but I'm not ready to panic about things like this yet because we've seen it before. Like, remember, Ryan Paling was a World Juniors MVP and everyone thought, oh, maybe he's going to hit that next level. And then he was an AHL player and is now a fourth line player on most NHL teams that he is on. And that's fine. Jordan Harris didn't put up a ton of points at the world juniors when he was playing for team USA. And he's a regular everyday defenseman in the NHL now, which is great. Caulfield didn't always put up a ton of points at world juniors. He's a top six elite sniper in the NHL. It's not the be all end all. And I understand that people want to see Lane Hudson putting up points. He looks a little bit off and I'm wondering if he's playing with pressure on him to impress at this tournament He did okay last year in his first year there. He wasn't really trusted a ton. He's coming in this year and is supposed to be one of those guys. He's supposed to be one of the guys on Team USA. He's wearing that A on his chest. He's part of that fantastic U.S. development program that's come through guys like Gabe Perot and Ryan Leonard and Will Smith and Oliver Moore, uh, Cutter Gauthier, Jimmy Snuggerud, et cetera, all on this team, and Lane Hudson is there as well. They all came through that program. He's got to keep pace with guys who are very good on that offensive side. They were first-round picks for the most part. I think all of them except for Hudson were first-round picks. And yeah, it's Hudson probably should have been a first-round pick, but he was small. I don't want to panic about it. If I am happy to have a discussion that is like, ah, he's you know kind of making poor reads on this, or he's doing this. Uh, it isn't like him. That I am happy to do. I am happy to break down where I think the flaws are right now in the games he is playing. I am not ready to be like, maybe he's not going to be as good as we thought because of two games so far at the 2024 World Juniors. It is far, we are far past that point. He's got a fully dominant NCAA season coming off that U.S. development program season and is also on right now involved in an elite, another top of the line NCAA season. Owen Beck might be settling into more of what he's likely to be which is a bottom six defensive heavy center there with some small scoring upside. You know, we call them Philip Dino Light or Shane Wright Light when it was his draft year. Uh, And at the same time, maybe he'll be better than that. Who knows? But I'm not going to write off his ceiling based on world juniors where you have... Macklin Celebrini was playing on their fourth line yesterday, which maybe was punishment. I don't know. He ended up with, what, a five-point game. You're not throwing out defensive centers for minutes. You're just kind of rolling lines out there and letting guys play a little bit at that point. I, I think it's too early to worry about any of these guys here. It's just like, you know, we kind of did it with Slavkovsky a little bit before he found a line there and maybe we're doing a little bit now that he's on one. I know recency bias is hard because we look at things and go, oh man, you know, he should be better than that. Or why isn't he being better than that? I'm not, I'm not ready to pull the plug and be like, oh man, this is terrible. They they got to fix it. And they made the wrong move here. They shouldn't sign Lane H- No, I want everyone with me. Deep breath, deep breath out. World juniors is a nice little measuring stick to see maybe where they are against their peers, but it is not the be all end all. We've seen what Lane Hudson can do at the NCAA level this year. We've seen what Owen Beck can do. I'm not worried about it too much right now. I just, I want people to kind of, you know, I, I will happily, you know, understand that, Oh, maybe he isn't playing as well as he should be fine. Valid. I think he can be better too. Especially when you're putting up points (laughs) when you're scoring goals, like uh, the U S were today against Switzerland. I get that, but I am not ready to go full panic mode and be like, he's going to be a bust No, no, no. Everything we've seen we know that there's more than what he's showing at this tournament right now it's not the end of the world deep breaths everyone we'll reassess next week got another slate of games there got the canadians this weekend we got two more rocket games one on friday one on saturday halves on saturday sunday world juniors potentially both of my football teams being eliminated from playoff contention in the next couple weeks here so that's fun we will check in with you on Monday. We will do three up and three down. We will bring back the mailbag next week when my co-host is feeling a little bit better. Until then, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can follow me at Scott Matla, follow or the active stick. You can find us wherever you get your daily podcast on Google, Apple, or Spotify. Or if you're watching this on YouTube.com, tell all your friends. We'd love to have you around. Subscribe. We've got plenty of fun stuff coming up. But until then, we'll see you all next time.